Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Happy Wednesday, Hokie Nation. Thanks so much for joining us on TSL today. I'm Giovanni Heater, joined alongside Nick Brown from the Corporate Research Center right here in the gorgeous Blacksburg, Virginia. TSL today on a Wednesday starts right now. TSL today on a Wednesday from the Corporate Research Center. Once again, Giovanni Heater joined alongside Nick Brown today on the set. Tech Sideline podcast is coming up in just a little bit. But now we got some great news and updates to bring your way. First of all, Virginia Tech women's soccer ends up making the NCAA tournament. A little bit of a bubble on the edge of their seats there. They're going to take on West Virginia on Sunday in round one of the NCAAs. Nick, I know you're the PA announcer for both the men's and women's soccer teams, so you got to be stoked to see the Lady Hokies in the postseason. Yeah, they have a few big wins this season. They were 10-6-2. and two. Uh, A couple of those wins uh, and decisions and losses were pretty close and that pushed them over the edge. Uh, the NCAA tournament for soccer isn't like men's basketball or women's basketball where every team is um, seeded. Uh, so Virginia Tech will be taking on the number seven seed West Virginia. So technically West Virginia is the seventh best team in that tournament. So they're pretty good. Uh, but Virginia Tech has a little bit of history in the NCAA tournament against the Mountaineers. They're 2-0. Uh, came in 2011-2013. Virginia Tech won both of those 1-0. Um, Virginia Tech's schedule was one of the best in the country. They played against seven teams finishing in the top 20 of the RPI. Uh, Tech was 46th in the RPI, which really also helped them uh, get into the tournament. Uh, kind of the big wins this season was beating number 22 NC State at uh, Raleigh. Uh, they beat number three UNC two to one with two goals in the final 10 minutes. That game was bonkers. And then they tied UVA uh, number 13 UVA at the time three to three. They had two goals in the final I think five minutes. One was in the last 30 seconds. So that was even crazy. But then they also lost to number four South Carolina only two to one and lost to Notre Dame on the final home game of the season one to nothing. So they really hung with the competition and they can play with the best of the best. They were ranked uh, for one week. um, But you know, they were still in the bubble. They still lost six games. They got blown out in some of those on the road. They didn't do well on the road. So that's what you worry about a little bit going to West Virginia. Uh, but fortunately, it's a close little drive, uh, only a few hours. Uh, but that will be played on Sunday at 1 p.m. It'll be on ESPN+. Plus. So watch your uh, Hokies women's team. Again, soccer. It's like basketball. It's random. Anybody can win it. So yeah, Virginia Tech can get hot and go on a run. You can win one nothing, or you can win... You know, 2-1 or 7 nothing. It's crazy. So uh, it's just how the ball bounces. So the women's team, uh, four out of the last five NCAA tournaments. How about that? The women's team, again, in action. They're going to go ahead and play their Morgantown rivals from West Virginia on Sunday, round one of the NCAA tournament. Okay, let's go ahead and flip the script now a little bit. We're going to talk some wrestling. Of course, we're going to get into basketball. But again, for our news and updates, Virginia Tech, they already landed him with a verbal commitment, but officially signing his national letter of intent. Four-star point guard, Brandon Recksteiner. He joins Hokie Nation. So welcome from the Tech sideline 
Bloodline family to Brandon Recksteiner. And get this, he is the son of WWE uh, professional wrestling Hall of Famer Scott Steiner. Uh, so just an interesting storyliner there, but no doubt this kid can ball a four-star, uh, according to 247 Sports, and, and Hokie Nation's excited to add him to Mike Young's squad. 13th best uh, point guard in the country. His high school tape is uh, phenomenal. Uh, it's what you expect out of a top 100 recruit. Um, Rodney Rice last season, top 100 now, Brandon. Uh, so Mike Young with back-to-back top 100 uh, recruits. Uh, he's kind of borderline top 100, but uh, and it depends on what service. I think on three, uh, they're better in football than they are basketball, but on three has him as a three-star and a top 200 recruit. Um, but uh, 247, I think, is the best basketball one. ESPN's pretty good, too, but they both have them as a four-star and top 100. So big pickup for the Hokies. Um, and Mike Young, man, he can recruit. And, of yeah. course, we all know how he can develop. You give him, you know, he was he had two and three stars at Wofford and turned them into, you know, record shooters. And so uh, with Fletcher McGee and people like that, uh, and he won at Wofford with two and three stars, what can he do with four and five stars if he pulls off a five-star? So uh, hopefully uh, – you get more of the culture, you know, established more. It already is, but if you win a few games in the NCAA tournament this season, maybe. Uh, he already won the AC championship. That puts under the belt. Uh, but you got to win the tournament, and that's really going to draw in some recruits. And uh, if he does that, then pff, who knows? Sky's the limit with Mike Young. In addition to uh, Brandon Recksteiner, Virginia Tech today also gets the national letter of intent signed uh, by three-star combo guard Jaden Young. Yep. He is a three-star recruit. Uh, wasn't sure if he was going to sign today or on Friday. Did end up signing today, and he will have his ceremony uh, on Friday uh, at his local high school. So regardless, Virginia Tech, again, he was already a verbal commit, but yep. they make it official uh, with Jaden Young as well. And, and, and today is the early signing period uh, for college basketball, so much more to be added to the recruiting class yep. as time goes on. But uh, these are the two big pickups early on here. All right, Nick, wrapping up our uh, news and updates, let's go ahead and talk about uh, a little bit of ACC Virginia Tech wrestling here. ACC Wrestler of the Week, Tom Crook, uh, as a freshman in the 141-pound weight class. What would you see out of him? Yeah, he won the Southeast Open. I'm trying to do my best Jack Brzezadine uh, <laughs> imitation. Uh, I can't do it justice like he did. Uh, he He's got our wrestling insider. Yeah, he is uh, incredible at breaking this down. Uh, he got bumped up to 16th in the country of 141-pound uh, weight class uh, by Intermat Wrestling. That's kind of uh, that's Jack's favorite, so it's yeah. my favorite um, in that weight class. So that's really, really good. Virginia Tech won the Southeast Open in Salem. There are a couple of decent teams there. App State, UNC, Columbia was there, top 10 team. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Virginia Tech won six titles. Uh, five, uh, excluding the sophomore freshman uh, division, but uh, Virginia Tech really, uh, really performed well, and the freshmen really starred. Um, there were, I think, um, two freshmen won it, and then one freshman beat another freshman in the championship round. So uh, Tech looked really good and really dominant against, I mean, not top opponents, uh, but still, uh, Columbia, they, they dominated UNC is pretty good. Exactly. Too. Yeah. So they dominated them. Uh, Tom Crook uh, will get the nod at 141 against Ohio State. And that will be That's huge, a huge, huge matchup uh, against uh, the top 10 Buckeyes uh, in the next coming weeks. And that's really going to show how good Virginia Tech is in that duel. Yeah, Ohio State came here last year to Blacksburg. Now uh, in their next match, Virginia Tech is on the road in Columbus to take on the Buckeyes. All right, well, we're going to take a short break here on TS. 
WSL today. When we come back, we'll talk women's basketball and their win over Mount St. Mary's. Then we'll take another short intermission and break down the men's side and their victory against Delaware State before previewing the upcoming opponents for both the men's and women's basketball teams. It's TSL today on a Wednesday from Blacksburg. TSL today on a Wednesday. Thanks so much for being with us here on the Tech Sideline set at the Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg. Giovanni Heater joined alongside Nick Brown with you as always. Nick, let's go ahead and talk about this Virginia Tech women's basketball game. Their season opener, they take down Mount St. Mary's. Final score, 101-45. to And I think it's very safe to say that this was a very impressive uh, opening performance out of Virginia Tech. couple of big takeaways for me here. Number one, even though Mount St. Mary's might not look the best this year, picked to finish seventh in their conference uh, after now joining the MAAC. Uh, Last year, though, they were an NCAA tournament team. Virginia Tech pretty much handled them all the way throughout. Uh, And number two, not necessarily. I mean, Kitley had a good game. Owusu had a decent game. Sol had a decent game. Amor had a decent game. But the girl that stepped up the biggest was Kayla King, who was probably, what, the fourth or fifth, fifth best player on this team last year. She ends up dropping 33 points, sets a Virginia Tech single-game record that was previously owned by Asia Shepard uh, that she set in 2020. Uh, it was eight three-pointers in a game. Kayla King surpasses her now with nine in the season opener. I mean, just overall, Hokies look pretty darn good and lived up to the hype. Yeah, pretty darn good. Uh, you know, the parody in women's basketball is funny. So you know, maybe two or three years ago, Virginia Tech may have won that game by 20 points. And everybody would have been like, oh, woo, good job, everybody. You know, great win. <laughs> you know, it, But, you know, then they would go to, you know, play a Tennessee or play an NC State and lose by 15. Um, but now Virginia Tech's arrived, and this win right here proves that, yeah, they're here for real. Uh, a 56-point win, I mean, that's absurd. That's 101 to 45, they're the real deal. Uh, and you've got... Five, six players, yeah, six or seven players probably that could drop twenty on any night. It's it's insane how deep this team is. Uh, Kayla King, like you said, thirty three points, nine of sixteen three point shooting. That's over fifty percent. If you shoot above forty percent three point shooting, that's a good stat line. You shoot over fifty, you're a flamethrower. So uh, yeah, nine of sixteen shooting, four or five free throws too. She got to the line a few bit. Uh, Kitley, um, people are gonna be like, oh no, is Kitley okay? She only had 18 points <laughs> and only five field goals. She had seven, she was seven for seven free throws. And by the way, she sucked at free throws first half of the season last year. I don't know what Kenny Brooks did to her, but he switched something around with her and, uh, her free throw shooting was incredible. The second half of the season and seven to seven to start, uh, this season, she had nine rebounds, six blocks, almost a triple double. Uh, but she was triple teamed, and that's how Kayla King also got wide open on a lot of threes. Kayla King knocked them down, don't get right. me wrong, but she wasn't, you know, shaking off defenders left and right to shoot crazy step back threes. They're wide open because Kitley would get an entrance pass. Three girls would immediately converge on her, and then she'd have to easily make the pass over their heads to King, who's wide open. Um, Taylor Soul. Loved watching her play. Four steals uh, along with 14 points. She had two sequences where she had back-to-back steals, wide-open layups. So she got a steal, layup. Next possession, steal, layup. Boom, wide-open layups. And then she tried to dunk. Uh, I think she slipped. Uh, she got the layup to go, but she missed the dunk. So, eh, whatever. But she might get one. She said she's going to try to get a <laughs> dunk this season, which would be awesome. George Amore, I'm going to have to... 
Get on her a little bit. 11 points, 9 assists, home of the double-double, but 5 turnovers yeah. against Mount St. Mary's. A lot of predictable passes. She should have even had maybe a little more turnovers. A lot of passes were deflected out of bounds uh, and then or tipped back to the Hokies. So uh, she's got to clean that up. Can uh, you nod that up to game one? Yes. I mean, we, we'll yeah, talk about it, yeah. but we saw a lot of yeah. that on the men's side, too. Yeah, coaches always say in any sport the biggest improvement is from game one to game two. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, I don't think George Amore is going to average five turnovers a game, but that is, you know, that was a little worrisome. Of course, you can do that against Mount St. Mary's, but you can't do that against an NC State, a Louisville, a Correct. Notre Dame, or a Tennessee. Um, Ashley Wusu in her debut, nine points. She is so smooth. She's a ball handler, and she, man. she, man, she can get open. She missed a couple open shots. Uh, of course, uh, you know, you don't expect all of them to go in, but she had a lot of wide open shots, and she is so, so smooth. And she's going to be fun. She's going to break some ankles this season. And then Kayana Trailer off the bench, 11 points. I mean, when you have the second-team All-ACC tournament player coming off your bench, you're uh, you're pretty good. Of course, Charlie's done uh, five points. She hit it in a, She knocked in the three to put Hokies over 100 points. That was pretty cool. So I want to give the freshman Aussie her uh, her props there. But, uh, yeah, the Hokies, they look uh, they look stacked. They looked really good. Clark Ford off the bench as well, gotten a couple rebounds. Um, but the Hokies, man, they're good. They're real good. Bucknell coming up on Friday. That's the next time the women's team will be in action. What do you kind of, besides maybe the turnover margin uh, for Georgia Amor uh, personally, what do you want to kind of see improved upon? Uh, I think my biggest thing is maybe just a little bit more offensive production out of Awusu. At the same time, she didn't have to, number one. Yeah. And number two, she's still settling into a new club. Uh, and and the biggest takeaway, too, for her that, that I noticed, uh, just listening to Kenny Brooks speak about his team, is she doesn't want to come in and be the number one like she was at Maryland. She said, this is Kitley's team. This is Amor's team. I just want to add on to it and take us to that next level. So maybe she doesn't have to go out there and drop yeah. 20 points a ball game. Yeah, I don't expect Ashley Wusu to be putting up her All-American numbers that she did at Maryland, most because there's so many good players. Like I said, anybody can score 20-plus. Wusu's going to have a handful of 20-plus games a season. That's not a, uh, not a question at all. But I think you're going to see a little bit uh, lesser production of Kitley uh, than from what she was last year. She's not going to need to go out and score 42 points, True. you know, against the Florida Gulf Coast. Um, Kayla King's not going to average over 30 points. Sorry, fans. She's just not. <laughs> uh, but um, I don't think Georgia or Kitley are going to score as much as they were. And Awusu's not going to come in averaging 15. Taylor Soul's not going to come in averaging 17 like she did at Boston College. Um, but I think you're going to see maybe those. Uh, starting five, all averaging 10-plus a game, maybe even 12-plus. I mean, so 12-plus uh, is a lot, but 10-plus, you might. Uh, and then you don't even need that. You have trailer coming off the bench, and you've got a couple other uh, really good young players coming off the bench too. So, And, of course, Taylor Guyman got some action too. She missed a, a two threes. But, um, so the Hokies, man, they're deep. Uh, so if you see Kitley's numbers decrease, she's going to get her rebounds like she was last year. But um, – you're not going to see her averaging over 20 or close to 20 points a game like we did a season ago. So uh, Tech fans might be a little worried about that if they just check the box score after every game. But if you watch it, man, this, I mean, they're just going to be really efficient. I do want to see better passing. Uh, Amor wasn't the best, uh, wasn't the only person turning the ball over. I think there's a lot of forced entry passes to Kitley that didn't need to be there. Meanwhile, there's wide open people on the wings and behind the arc. Um, but besides the turnovers, which they will clean up, um, Kenny Brooks will adjust 
this team's going to go pretty far this season. No doubt about it. Again, let's go ahead and take a little bit of a look at uh, what Bucknell has to offer against the Hokies on Friday. I think a little bit higher level of competition, a little step up from Mount St. Mary's. Uh, Bucknell is a team that is, uh, according to the preseason media poll, predicted to finish fourth in the Patriot League uh, this year uh, underneath Boston University, Lehigh, and Holy Cross. And they do also have a uh, Patriot League uh, women's basketball preseason all-Patriot League player uh, in Cecilia Collins as well, a sophomore guard who uh, is pretty nasty, averaging uh, 12 points a game last year, but pretty much a double-double, and uh, they're really expecting her to take that next step. So maybe a little bit to offer. Uh, but I, I still think probably no match for Virginia Tech. Yeah, Tech might not score 100, but they'll win by 30-plus. Right. Uh, and if they don't, something bad happened. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just how, unfortunately, women's basketball is like that. With men's basketball, you'd be, oh, shoot, an upset. You know, we saw Stetson beat Florida State on Monday. But, um, you know, you can, in women's basketball, the parity is just so different. And right. so it's like college uh, football, more more comparative to college football. Exactly, and I think it's even worse than college football because uh, okay. even Alabama wouldn't beat Virginia Tech by you know forty or fifty this year. Huh? I don't know. It's not. I, I don't wouldn't know say about that. All that. Uh, Alabama's offense not that very good. Bill O'Brien, he's on the chopping block. Uh, but anyways, it's whatever. True. <laughs> um, it's true. It's I digress. True. Back to uh, but women's basketball. It's just unfortunately it's so predictable in these lesser games. Um, I hate that for like Bucknell who <laughs> like walks in like, Oh, we're going to get beat by 30 or 40 this game, but right. it is what it is. Uh, so Virginia tech will roll. <laughs> All right. Well, again, uh, the Hokies are back in action on Friday against Bucknell. All right, let's take a short break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that men's victory against Delaware state, break it down and talk about their upcoming opponent in Lehigh on Thursday. TSL today on a Wednesday. He's Nick Brown. I'm Giovanni heater. See you in a minute. Welcome back here on TSL today for our third and final segment of the day. Giovanni Heater and Nick Brown with you. Nick, how about them Hokies starting off big with a uh, 1-0 record as they take down Delaware State in their season opener on Monday night? 95-57, transfers look good, freshmen looked solid, Padula picked up from where he left off, Lynn Kidd looked pretty decent there in the uh uh, in the starting uh, role at the five, and I mean, not much to say except uh, that Vasily is the real deal, man. Yeah, real deal, no doubt about it. Went 12 for 16, shot the ball 75%. He also went six for nine from downtown, had 10 rebounds, 30 points, had himself a nice double-double. I mean, it's safe to say that a guy's not going to shoot 75% and shoot six for nine, but hey, he got hot, and I think he uh, opened some eyes as far as the question is how can he adjust to playing this ACC brand of basketball? Obviously, he was not playing an ACC opponent. In fact, he was playing an opponent that won two games last year uh, in, in their entirety of their season. So, um, obviously, the quality of opponent was even worse than what he was playing against at Wright State. But, I mean, it's no slouch to go out and uh, go shoot 30 points. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a shooter. The six of nine threes, that's going to translate. He's not going to shoot six of nine threes. Uh, throughout the season, but he's going to be a good shooter. Uh, he's the real deal behind the arc. I think he's a better shooter behind the arc than Aluma. I think Aluma had a little bit more post moves, uh, and I think Aluma was more aggressive and a little stronger in the paint. That's my only knock on Basili. So he looked a little slow out there. Yeah, uh, he could he couldn't run the fast break, and uh, he wasn't as strong as I would have liked to see in the paint. I'm not saying he was getting dominated at all, but uh, he wasn't 
playing physical. Uh, and I know Mike Young was talking about that too. Mike Young actually put him on blast uh, on the post-game show with Mike Burnup uh, kind of saying he didn't play the best defense and he didn't rebound as well. Dude had 10 rebounds. Um, so I'd like to see him play a little more physical down there. Um, but besides that, man, he's an offensive weapon. So that was kind of my question for you. When you compare him to Keve Aluma, are, is Virginia Tech gaining offense and losing defense? Is it pretty much the same player offensively? Even though like they might be better at different things, are you getting the same production offensively? Or do you think all around this is kind of a, a minus for Virginia Tech? I think it's going to be... About the same. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I think it's he's going to add another weapon. Behind I think it's a the better arc. shooter than Aluma. Yeah, That's he's going to add a weapon behind the arc for the Hokies. That uh, I mean, Aluma could shoot, but not as good as Basili right. uh, can. Um, but uh, I don't know. The defense worries me a little bit. I have to. I mean, obviously, it's only one game, one game. and he can adjust. Um, so we'll see. Um, Aluma was pretty good. I'd say Aluma's top two or three big man of all time at Tech. So that's. I mean, that's. It's not far from the truth that so Basili it's it's really hard to replace top three ever at Tech so uh, but I, I do think I don't think you're gonna see as much of a drop off um, but I will say I think Poteet uh, added uh, where Gasan uh, kind of lacked I think Poteet's gonna be a better backup big man than Gasan was for that sure. was kind of my question so would you see out of Link Kid and and Poteet combined kind of to fill that spot those guys are going to be expected to produce on the inside yeah I, I mean I was watching the game and I completely forgot Justin Mutz wasn't playing you know right so you add him in there Lynn Kid coming off the bench thought Lynn Kid was a little iffy on offense but he was nasty on the rebounds uh especially offense rebounds he had four of those things um eight points ten boards uh he filled the role He's kind of a role player. Uh, yeah. Got great rebounding. Uh, but I loved watching Poteet, man. Poteet is he's, he's a big dude. Yeah. I mean, that is – I look at him and I'm like, there's no way I'm the same species as that man. I mean, that <laughs> dude is gigantic. He's a mountain. Uh, nine points, four rebounds. Five of the seven uh, – five of his points came from free throws. Five, seven free throws. That was encouraging uh, to see the big man uh, knock down some free throws. Uh so I'm not worried about the backcourt death for the Hokies. I'm not worried about death at all for Virginia Tech. I think uh, production is going to stay pretty even throughout the game um, in any game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I you add Mutz in there at the four uh, to start, uh, and I think this team's going to be pretty good. How about the flashes that we saw? Only four points, but the flashes of athleticism that we saw at the freshman MJ Collins. I was really impressed with his ball handling ability, his athletic ability, and I think you fine-tune a couple of things. He could be a real big contributor uh, by the end of the season, really. Yeah, he played kind of the three um, in high school and kind of the four as well. Uh, well, because high school, there's a lot shorter right. kids out there, and he's just a big dude. Uh, but he's going to come in here and play more of the three uh, like kind of solidified there. Uh, and I thought, man, he could handle the ball really well for the three. He's physical. Uh, he was getting into passing lanes, uh, shaking off some defenders. He's two of seven from the field, missed some shots, but he can get He's open. Getting separation He's getting sure. a lot of separation. So I'm excited for MJ Collins. Of course, you had Rodney Rice. I mean, again, forget, oh, Mutz didn't play. Rodney Rice didn't play. That's yep. a top 100 recruit right there for the Hokies. Uh, one of the best shooting guards. Uh, out of DeMatha, uh, I'm really excited to see him come in and play. How much do you think um, that'll decrease uh, MJ Collins' role when Rodney Rice is healthy? Because Rice could end up being, uh, you know, say you want to run both of them at the two. Yeah. Um, you know, they're kind of going to play off each other. I think Rice is going to more slip into the one. Uh, Hunter Couture will 
stay at two. Hunter yeah. Couture is running the one when Padula was off, but I think when Padula is off the court and Rice is fully healthy, I'll I think Rice is going to be the one. Rice was the two and the three at DeMatha, um, but he got here to Tech. Mike Young was like, yep, you're a point guard. So uh, I think he's going to be a pretty decent uh, ball distributor as well. Um, so I don't think that's going to affect MJ Collins as much as people think because I think MJ is going to stay at the three. Um, but I, I do think that once Virginia Tech is fully together, uh, healthy and not suspended, um, they're going to be really good. Also wanted to point out Darren Buchanan Jr. and Patrick Wessler will be redshirting. So the seven-footer and another three-star for the Hokies, Darren Buchanan, uh, will be uh, sidelined for the season. Uh, and that's just... There's too many guards, and, well, there's just so much depth on this team that, you know, there's no point in playing them this year and burning a red shirt when they may not crack that, uh, get as much playing time uh, as they would think uh, till and get them developed. I saw Patrick Wessler working with MJ or Poteet uh, before the game, and he's got the post moves, man, going one-on-one with Poteet. He looks good, but get him developed, get Darren Buchanan developed. He'll have more playing time next year. Um once Couture leaves, uh, and uh, well, Maddox will probably stay. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about next year, too, but most importantly this year. Last nugget that I, that I really noticed that I thought was funny but also shows uh, how intense Mike Young can be going into the halftime break. He did not have time to talk to Evan Hughes uh, and, and Mac on the, uh, on the broadcast on the ACC network. Uh, he talked about how he was frustrated, how they had given up 34 points, realized that the buzzer beater got taken off and it was 31. And midway through the interview, he said, guys, I, I don't have time for this and took the headset off. So, I mean, he was a little frustrated with how the first half went for Virginia Tech. Yeah, 95 to 57. I think defensive adjustments were made. Only 23 points in the second half. And that includes garbage time, too, with the Hokies bench coming out. Uh, So defense played much better there in the second half. Uh, I think Delaware State was shooting really well behind the arc to start the game. Uh, And so that's how they kind of put up that many points. By the way, it kind of felt bad for the kid who... Like, they got the points taken off. I was like, leave those points up, man. Yeah. Tech's up 25, 26 at the moment. That dude's going to remember that forever if he if that counts. I and mean, he made that against a, you know, Power 5 ACC defending champs. I mean, that was an unbelievable shot three quarters away. Right. So I was a little upset for the kid that that was taken off. But eh, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, Virginia Tech's defense really locked in the second half. All right, Virginia Tech, the men's team back in action on Thursday. They got Lehigh, the Mountain Hawks, are picked to finish third in the Patriot League. So maybe, again, a little bit of step up in the uh, competition level for Virginia Tech on Thursday. And then Sunday, they're going to hang that banner uh, against William and Mary for their ACC championship. That does it today for TSL Today from uh, the Corporate Research Center right here in Blacksburg. Thanks for being with us. Tech Sideline Podcast is coming up next. He's Nick Brown. I'm Giovanni Heater, and we'll see you next time.